For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The second half of the NBA season is in full swing. College basketball's March Madness is upon us as it all gets started this week. The tournament is here, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest as BetOnline is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. here for another episode of Believe in Kentucky alongside the 96 champ, the tournament MOP, double zero, Tony Duck. My name is Benny Hardy. What's good with you, TD? Not too much, brother. I'm just happy to be back in town. I was in Dallas on some business. I did the SEC radio uh, over the weekend. So just really get myself back into, uh, into this thing, life. Absolutely, absolutely. We got two great guests on here with us. BBN knows them well. We have uh, the great sports captain who we've all grown up to watch on WLEX for years and years. We've got and years and years and years and years and years. <laughs> Thanks for rubbing it in, Tony. <laughs> we got the retired orthodontist turned media member who they joined forces after they retired to bring everybody cut to the face when we'll talk about the book. We got Alan Cutler and Dr. John Wong. Fellas, welcome to the evening Kentucky. Appreciate y'all joining the podcast. How are y'all tonight? Thanks for having us on. Yeah, great to be here. Appreciate And John, you ran over from the softball game, right? You were covering the UK softball game. To, and yeah, just, you whenever, whenever Kentucky gets eliminated, I have to go through some sort of withdrawal. So I start focusing in on some of the other sports associated with the University of Kentucky softball team. They're off to a great start, 21 and 2 now. They defeated wow. Eastern Kentucky today, 6 to 5. So uh, that's, that's kind of my fix for the time being. Yeah, Coach Lawson got him rolling now. She's got him yeah, rolling. She's, always, uh, she's, yeah. she's a great coach, and she's got a lot of pieces that she can kind of plug in this year. So uh, she's always been one to quickly substitute. And this year, I think it'll just really keep her awake at night planning this strategy. 
Absolutely. Now, TD, John talked about the withdrawal because this is a weird march for us. We, we got a lot of free time on our hands because we're not watching our cats. The selection show was weird. Man. It's like it wasn't a part of We still of got it. cats. What do you mean? We still have our lady cats. Absolutely. Sunday at 2 o'clock. We, we sure hey, wait, I'm glad you said lady cats because I would keep on saying lady cats because when I started in TV, you know, it was after Herbert Hoover was president, we called them lady cats. And so even when they made the change, I kept on calling the lady cats on TV and some people didn't like it. To me, they're always the lady cats. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to show, I know it's women's basketball, but you got to show respect. I think they would like to be called ladies, you know, so. But no, no, actually, um, it, it's funny you say, you know, just the, the lady cats, but they've, they've actually, you know, it played well this year. And I, I love Ron, Ron Howe. She's, man, she can, she can ball. They went out and got a baller in her. So, um, this tournament is going to be fun. This tournament, when I look at it, because I still have my bracket, I hadn't filled out my my ladies' bracket yet. So, boom, That's it. got it in hand. But what do you think about, you know, just everybody moving and being in one location? You think it's it's going to be like that for a couple of years, or is, is this a trial period? I think it's one year if the world's safe. Really? Yeah, because the the economy. Um, all those cities with all those hotels and all that money and people traveling, you know, it's a money deal, you mm -hmm. know, money for TV, money for hotels, money for restaurants, money for cities. Yeah. Money is supreme. But that's so funny you said it because being in Nashville, you know, it's the first time I've been there. It just, it, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was the SEC tournament, especially with Kentucky not being there. You know, Kentucky was in and out so fast. But they only came in and they left. And you look in the arena, it was, you know, with two or three thousand, maybe, maybe three thousand. I'm thinking about one thousand, two thousand people, but not seeing that blue in the arena was was odd. And and everybody, you could just feel it. You know, it was but I'll tell you what they did have. Having a DJ gave it some life. Cause I don't think if they didn't have a DJ in the building, there would have been there would have been no life. It would have been just like a somber a somber moment, a somber arena, but that gave it a little life. And then, like I said, Alabama, they travel. Uh, I want to say Arkansas had a few fans, but going back in the nineties, Arkansas traveled just as well as we did. I mean, it's so to get them back to where they're at, I mean, it, it's going, Eric Musselman has done a really good job. You know, he's mm -hmm. done a good job. And I, I think our conference has hired some really good coaches. Which is why it's going to be tough for Kentucky. You think? Yep. You think you think they caught up with Coach Cal? I think when Cal fixes this, and I believe he can, by the way, the guy didn't take stupid pills. He had a really bad year. He did. He did a he did a horrible job recruiting. It's funny, you know. Doc sees this all the time on on social media. Well, he's just a recruiter. Well, no, he screwed up recruiting. Askew wasn't supposed to be the point guard. Askew was supposed to be watch this four fingers. He was supposed to be the number four guard. Mitch wasn't brought here to be a starter. Mitch was right. brought here to be the number. Three guard. Mm hmm Yeah. Okay. I agree. And so, and so when people say, you know, Cal did a bad job coaching. No, Cal, the great recruiter, did a bad job recruiting. And think about it. Young man goes to Auburn who probably would have come here. Another young man goes to Oklahoma State that might have come here if not for the brother. Somebody else goes to Gonzaga. They would have had a shout out. He missed out on four or five guys that would have started. And no disrespect. Or either would be much better. What's the kid that would you, uh, UCLA, was it Johnny Junsei? Oh my gosh! Have you seen him play? He's really good. He's good. Yeah. He's good. But you know what? But, 
but it wasn't it wasn't him. It was it was more his parents. His parents were impatient. Like it wasn't in most of these scenarios, the the kids are okay. I think it's the parents when they come to Kentucky. You know, we look at Ashton Hagen, some of the players that should have stayed. You know, EJ EJ Montgomery. But what happens is it's the people around them. Like I know they're not ready. Coach Cal know they're not ready. You know, because you see the kid every day. I'm like, you're not like within three or four practices. Players know if you can play or if you're the next level player, sure. the next level player. And that's the one thing I tell people about Ennis Cantor when I was on coach staff. And I know I knew Ennis wasn't going to play, no, not one game. I'm like, he's too good. I know he, somebody's giving him some money. He's too good, you know. But when you see him, I'm like, he's a pro. There was no – whatever GM, whatever scout walked in, I said, that dude right there, you might not see him play one game this season. Oh, he's a pro. And he's still playing right now. Because that's who he was, and nothing ever changed. But it don't t- you not you can't trick me within a couple practices about the, telling me a guy's a pro, and I'm like, no, he's not really a pro. But you know, the, the eyes when I see him, I'm like, that dude's a pro. Like there's certain players we've seen, we know right away they're a pro. Tony, Juzang thought he wasn't going to play. That puts the parents in the ears. Okay, I watched him at UCLA. I watched him in a game. He got 13 rebounds. He was soft when he was here. His body thinned out. You play yeah. for Mick Cronin. You don't play defense. You don't play. You ain't getting on the court. You're not getting all. on the court. And he's exactly what Kentucky needed. Yes. He didn't have confidence when he was here. You're right. He wasn't ready. But I believe if he thought he was going to play, he would have told his parents, I want to stay. He yeah. didn't think he was going to play. And he's yeah. exactly what Kentucky needs. The dude can shoot. Now, not maybe not as good so as do you. Do you think he's, he's, um, he's – you think about – is he – Dante Allen, or is Dante Allen him? What do you think? And what's what's gonna keep Dante here is he's a, he is a Kentucky kid, so it's a little bit different when you're coming from another coast, agree somewhere. And you know, and that, that's how I felt when I left Tennessee to go to Kentucky. I would I didn't come as I didn't come from California, but I felt like maybe if I'd have stayed at home, I would have been getting the playing time that you know some of these guys are getting that are from the state, but also guys that are in his rotation. So you're right about if I knew I was going to play because I wasn't I wasn't staying if he didn't tell me I was going to play. I'm like, I can go back to Tennessee. I can go back to Memphis. Like, I had schools that were going to play me as a freshman. Okay. If Juzang stayed, do you think he would have played 30 minutes a game? No. Okay. So, therefore, guess what? No disrespect. He did the right thing. And he yeah. knew he wasn't going to play. Mm-hmm. But I watched him. His body is thinner. He's stronger. He plays really good defense, which, by the way, surprised the heck out of me. And he's exactly what Kentucky needs. Right. Right. I watched him get 13 rebounds in a game. This is a guy that everybody thought was soft. Dante Allen is different. Let me give the kid the benefit of the doubt. I don't know what kind of shape he's in because it's a year away from it from a knee injury. So I'm going to give the kid benefit of the doubt. He doesn't run hard enough to get open on shots. Right. I'm going to guess and bet because the kid works hard. He'll be much better at that next year. Plus, when Cal says he can't play defense, Cal doesn't say that to anyone else. And I think it hurt the kid's confidence. Oh, I, it, it, it killed the kid's confidence. Because now, in his mind. But why would you do, Tony, why would you do that? What was Boston? Boston is Boston's defense any better? Thank no, absolutely not. Thank you. Thank you. And, so why did Cal pick on that kid? We know what it's almost like like a coach has someone they pick on. And, and not not every coach does it, but certain coaches, 
that that's that's how they are. They can't. They're not gonna pick you on the best. What, you know, you're making me cry because Sean Woods told me. No, but you know what? But they do have a player pick that they pick on. Poor Sean Woods. Oh, you're so, right oh, about God. that. You, but but wouldn't you be a little more sensitive because he's a Kentucky kid? He 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 said, "Oh, he can't play defense." How does it make the kid feel? He wouldn't yep. dare say that about Boston. And, right, and, and and as good as Jackson was, there was times he would get beat too. I mean, he could recover and block the shot, but he would, you know, he get beat as well. Oh, Mississippi, Mississippi State annihilated. Mississippi State abused him. Like they yep. they they ate him alive. It was like like we call I call him teriyaki chicken. Like they went at him like <laughs> like dude. It was a buffet. He he they he couldn't guard. And I'm talking about a dude was. And you wouldn't know a dude was some trash. I'm like, dude, you can't guard a dude when you talking about playing on the next level, like. What do you what you can't guard a dude who's averaging five and four and he is a senior? This is he had his best game, first, the best first half I've ever seen him play. What do you, you remember? The second half? I'm sorry. Do you remember what you told me when you came back the first time? The first time we interviewed, you'll never remember this, and it was one of the best lines you ever told me, Tony. What was the big thing that you had to adjust to in the NBA? You paused. We should have put this in the book doc, and this is my fault. You paused, you looked at me, you had a smirk, and I'm going, I have no idea where you're coming from, but I knew the smirk was going to be good, right? You have your own little TV smirk. It just, you know, it's part of, it's like you got your take, Patino has his take when he's lying, when his head goes up, don't get me started on that. But even here or there, you said, Shaq is the biggest human being I've ever seen. <laughs> word for word. And we just started laughing because I knew you, I had no idea. And you kept on talking about how you couldn't believe how big Shaq was. So yes. it, tape is rolling. It was about you, you were pretty good at talking in 15, 18, 20 second sound bites. I don't know if you knew it or not, but you were good at it back then. This one went for like 35 seconds. I'm going, I'm not going to say a word. This is really good stuff. Let's let this baby roll. <laughs> yeah. You, don't remember. You, you, you can't remember. It's, it's hey, all man. Good. Hey, hey, cut. I've done so many interviews, but you know. Yeah, but, I know. But, 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 but back to, I think, but. Going back I got, to Allen, well, can I ask you something? Can I, yeah. And then I got to shut because Doc's not part of the show, and that's not fair. Yeah, we got to get Doc. Doc, come on, Doc. Doc, get in, man. Uh, let me let me throw one thing in. Don't I'm stay quiet, Doc. Come back and talk. It, it, when when Jackson goes to the NBA, I believe that these kids, no disrespect, have no idea how strong these guys are. When you go to the league, they got no clue. They're men. They've been lifting for years. Let me ask a question: Who is he going to guard next year? <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, now he can block shots and he can run. He's an athlete and he's got to learn how to dribble a little better and his shot's getting better, but it will get better and all that kind of stuff. So Who is he going to throw that line? Hold on. So you think he's coming out? Jackson? Yeah. He's gone. He's absolutely gone. It's going to be a lotto pick. So come, hold on, hold on. You know what? You know what his T-shirt's going to say? This is where I'm about to bring Doc. This is where I'm about to bring Doc in. Doc, go, go, Doc. You are a GM. You've seen you've seen Jackson play, haven't you? I have. So I want you. So in your words, because now your job is on the line. You are you're a GM, and you have the seventh pick. I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna give you a lottery pick, and Jackson is available. What do you do? Seventh, I'm not taking him. A little bit more, maybe 12th, 13th. I may end up taking a chance on him. You know, okay. the NBA is all about potential. And this guy has shown more potential than a lot of guys that I've watched this year. So okay. I think from that standpoint, I, I'd roll the dice. I'd, I'd go for him. So, you tell, so Doc, you tell us you're going to put your job on the line because what they're going to tell you, this is this is the player you that you're coming, you're bringing as a lottery pick. So we're going to give you a million dollars. 
What's that? They're gonna give you. They're gonna give this player millions of dollars, and in, yep. in, in a year's time, if he's giving you five or four, come on, Doc. Well, you got to show me what else you got. You know who? Who am I competing against in order to draft the guy? You know who else is out there? Well, you know what? You, you take a kid like like he. How different is he from uh, from Greg Brown? I don't know if you've seen Greg Brown from Texas. Yeah, I'm taking Brown over, over Jackson. <laughs> Not even a discussion. Okay, so, okay. So, so let me let me throw this out there. What they did with Keldon Johnson, I thought was smart. Now, granted, he was drafted in the 20s with San Antonio. Yeah. Okay. He lifted weights. He mm -hmm. got stronger. He spent a year in the G League, and now he's a starter with San Antonio. I like you him. Look at his, when you look at his body, it's totally different than when he was here for maturation. If, I, if I'm a general manager – I go to the owner and say, look, Jackson next year, you know what his T-shirt's going to say? G League. <laughs> and, and he's going to be playing against men, 24, 25, 26 years old, who are strong and a little nasty because they want to get to the league, and they don't care yeah. about pushing you around. Now, if he lifts weights hard in two years and works on his handle and his shot, he could be really, really good. The question is, will he work hard on it? I think he will. He's not ready next year. He's not playing 30 minutes for anybody next no, year. No, no, no. He, I'll be shocked if he touched the floor in the NBA game. I will be shocked. You know, I, I just think he's a – is he Noel? Is he – is that who we're comparing him to? No, because Nerlens – by the way, he still can't shoot the ball. It's amazing how he hasn't learned how to shoot. I watch a lot of Nick games. But Nerlens is blocking shots. Yeah. Nerlens is playing really good defense. Mm -hmm. Nerlens is hustling. Uh, Tibbs in New York loves him. He's yeah. reborn again, and he's a big man. You know, they're too, he's so much bigger, he can't play that position. Nerlens is also a little stronger than he looks. He, he is. You know, I, I think his, his body has gotten, like I say, you know, once you adapt to the league, you know, of course, you know, your physicality is going to change. And, you know, and not to say that we're, you know, I don't think Jackson, you know, could do well. I just think where he's at right now and just seeing how, a kid like a dude who's a grown man, how he just abused him. And what you're saying is going to the G League, he's going to come across those dudes every night. Like them dudes, you know, so unless you could – so what they're doing is what a dude did was he took his athleticism away. So once I take your athleticism away, what else can you do? Because if I, if I don't allow you to rebound, I'm not going to allow you to jump. And now you're going to be in foul trouble. We're going to throw the ball there a couple of times. You're going to foul him and you're going to be sitting on the bench. So until he figures – that part of the game out because he's a really good weak side defender. But what we found out, and I've, I've already known this anyway, he can't guard somebody one on one, and the dude has no offense. <laughs> right. exactly. hey, Tony, here, here's a real issue with with that. Cutler never answered your initial question. I didn't. Other guys like Nate Oaks and Musselman are gonna be after Calipari up to his level. And, you know, Ooh. before we did the book. You know, Cutler would, would get on Cal about all sorts of things. He'd be telling me how he thought Cal would be coaching. And the guy does the forward for the book, and all of a sudden, he walks on water. He never criticizes him anymore. Have you read my Facebook posts? <laughs> I've ripped Cal. That's not true. No, 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 no. No, maybe the rest of your hair fall yeah. off the line. That's not true. No, 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 no. Here's what's happened. The league is much better because the coaching has got much better. And because of that, this is not a reflection on Cal. It's going to be tougher for Cal to get to the top three because the other guys are better. Can he? Yes. Is it? It's much tougher. When, when Cal got in the league, the coaches were not very good. 
You still had it Billy was. there. You still had Billy. Uh, I mean, but, but Billy, here's the thing, though. Go look at the rest of the coaches. Uh, the rest of the coaches, uh, you're right. The rest of the coaches, I don't even remember who the hell they were. So I right. do agree with you on that. But I, I think he came in at the right time. Like, it's all about timing. Like, any coach that comes into the conference now, the co- the conference has really good coaches. So it's, it's from young coaches, but it's also the coach that has experience. So yes. you're not just going to go and beat, like, like even with Ben, uh, ben Howell, I'm like, you haven't beat Kentucky, and, and this is the first time you finally beat Kentucky this year. How good a coach are you, really? You know what I'm saying? So, I think he was hired based on what he did at UCLA, but he and, done and Pitt. he did a really good job at Pitt too. Oh, Pitt, yeah, Pitt. I forgot about Pitt. He was at Pitt, but but still, though, you come into a weak conference and you can't be the fourth or fifth best team in the conference. Actually, I agree with you. I thought he'd do a better job winning and losing than he has. And he lost two guys to the pros last this year who he thought would still be there another year. This was supposed to be he had a super team. But guess what? Guys leave. You know that. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Now, Nate Oates. You're talking about Nate Oates. I'll get all y'all's thoughts. This isn't the first time we've seen, you know, to shoot a lot of threes or shoot layups philosophy. So what is what is Nate Oates doing this Got him the buzz of the league, the buzz of the conference. Is because he's doing it with experienced players, or, or what? What little reinventing of the wheel does everybody think he's done with the year Alabama has had? Because we've seen this philosophy before. I mean, Patino shoot a lot of three. Patino's Bombinos. You know, we we've seen the shoot three a lot. We've seen that philosophy a lot. You know, since the three point line became instituted into the game. So, what is NATO's doing that's just so spectacular? Vinny, I'll, I'll go first. If I don't, I probably won't get a word in edgewise. My <laughs> thought on, on Nate is before we kind of crown him as the almighty, I, I think you have to kind of consider what he came into. I mean, he had a lot of athletes in Alabama, and they just so happened to kind of coincide with the type of philosophy he likes to play. So it's not like he came in here or was trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, he came into a situation which was really ideal for him. And that's why you see such a quick turnaround time in two years. Playing a style that he enjoys, he's playing with athletes that enjoy playing that style. So I think naturally you've seen a lot of success on the court. Whether he can sustain that or not, I don't know. Uh, I think he can. I think he's a good coach, but time will tell. I think we ought to be kind of Hold back a little bit before we all go goo goo gaga on him. Did you watch him when he coached Buffalo? I watched him that year in the NCAA tournament. Before that, I never watched him. Uh, his teams play hard and they play together, but he's going to have to recruit. If he can recruit on the same level Alabama's now, he'll still be good. Look, Rich Bertino just got fired in Minnesota, right? Yeah. Sug, the best player in the state of Minnesota, didn't come here and went to Gonzaga. You know why Rich Bertino got fired? He did a lousy job recruiting in the state of Minnesota. It's oh, amazing how, how many good players in Minnesota. He couldn't get almost any of them. Mm-hmm. And if Suggs came here this year, Kentucky would be a top 10 team. They'd be in the NCAA tournament. They wouldn't be worse than a two seed. They would have been able to handle the ball. It'd be totally different. Never negate the word of recruiting. Cal had a bad year recruiting. Yeah, you could say the same if Kate Cunningham were here. Absolutely. Yeah, if, okay, 
Tony, Vinny, if Kate Cunningham was here, would Kentucky be five or six in the country? Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. How many seven assist games would we not have had this past year? Absolutely. The turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right. They they just. I'm going to ask a question and you guys answer. I'm not a Hall of Fame coach. I'm not in practice. And, Doc, before you say anything nice, you know I questioned this on Facebook months ago before anybody else was. So be honest now. Don't go hypersensitive on No, 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 no. I'm not sensitive. Why wasn't Mintz the starting point guard from day one? All right, Doc, is on you, man. Oh, chicken. Tony, you've never chickened out with me. Go ahead, Doc. Yeah, Cal recruited Askew to fill that position, and it took him uh, a lot of failures before he kind of realized that maybe there's another way to way to go on that. So you're saying Cal failed? Stubbornness. Uh, not fail more stubbornness that's cow being cow that's failure you either do it or you don't life i mean he you know it was the and all year we heard mince wasn't an option and then we see him slide over there for what the, the old miss game and the, the florida game the end of the season so you know, after we tried terrence clark there before he got injured it was trying anything except putting mints there until you absolutely had to when it was way too late. Was, um, so how, how good was, so really, I never got a chance to see Clark and I was trying to figure out, is he staying? No. He didn't play. <laughs> hey, Kyrie, Irving, don't play. Kyrie Irving only played 11 games. Hey, Vinny, do not compare Clark and, and, and Kyrie, okay? That's, okay. no. Okay. No, no, no. no. Jerry Vanderbilt only played a handful of games and still went to the league. Jerry Vanderbilt is no, but he had nice. He had a good side. But when you say Kyrie, you, but you know how good you know how good Kyrie Irving was. I'm, I'm he was so saying, good he went number one. Yeah, I'm just saying little sample sizes have gone What's to it? the league before. I didn't see anything sample size that made me just be like, man, I love that kid. What is he? If he's Shay, if he's Shay Gill, just I can rock with him. But. We didn't get a chance really to see that because Shea really – he got better as, as the season went along. I don't know with this kid. You know, not to say he can't do well. He, you're right. He might – Seven games. Seven, seven games, but then look at the numbers, though. Seven <laughs> games. Did you ever figure any of them games? It only takes one, GM. We, already, we all know this. It takes one. It takes one, one bad GM to get, to get fired. That's what's going to happen. It, if he's drafted in the late 20s, by a good team who could sell the owner that he goes to the G League and he gets guaranteed money and they're convinced to work hard, in three years he could be a monster. So let me put it this way. Tony, you get it because you lived it. All a ball player is is an investment. That's all it is. It's an investment. It's cold. It's nasty. It's an investment. If I'm going to invest $6 million in Clark at the end of the first round, but I'm convinced by year three he's going to be really, really good and be worthy of a top 10 pick, it's cheap. Well, And if I'm one of the best teams, I can afford to wait. Okay. Now, if, if you're number eight, as you were, you were asking Doc before, man, it's number eight. My job's on the line. We're not yeah. very good. That's why we're drafting number eight unless it was a trade. I got to mm-hmm. get somebody who can play now. That's yeah. dumb, that, which is well, why I never understood why the Knicks took Knox. But don't get me started. 
Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole another ball game. But 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 also, you know, just from a really good friend of mine was telling me that about Boston and Clark, and they just felt that they didn't work hard. They said it was okay, good good kid, love their family. There was just some that wasn't. It didn't stand out like their game didn't stand out like some of the other kids did. So and you're they, saying they that when they talk okay? about when they talk about Boston working late at night when Cat would leave the office, you think that's no? Not I'm, I'm not saying what he. Did. I'm, I'm not. But they. But they're looking at it's not the work ethic; it's the talent. Because because now when you're playing against other talented people, is you know we all work hard, we all got talent, but there's something different when you can excel against talent, and when you struggle against talent. How good are you? Because you're going to face that talent every day. And that's what I'm saying. And like I said earlier, within two or three hours of, of, a, of a practice, guys know if you can play or not. Like, you ain't tricking me with, with if you can play in the NBA. We know if you can play in the NBA. So we have kids, guys coming to training camp. I'm like, you just hear, you hear it just as a body. You're not, you're not an NBA dude. And a lot of it comes from not the athleticism. It's the thought process. It's the IQ that these guys are missing sometimes. So who knows? Interesting. I'm gonna jump in real quick. We got one sponsor had to read from eBay. I know y'all guys have seen the commercials about the sneakers. We got to give a moment to talk about it on the podcast. Whether it's dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. eBay's authenticity guarantees are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 and up, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Got to talk about another sponsor that we all know. TD is like a part owner. You guys are partners. Talking about lots of rain. TD has his own watch. They got this commemorative 25th anniversary watch for the 96 championship team. Doc, you and Alan are also part of the La Terrain family. So these guys are just, but that, that 96 commemorative watch is unbelievable. As well as the Voyager and, and all the compass and all the other uh, uh, styles and types that Dave and Ben have put out there. So, I mean, they are doing great stuff and you guys are already can speak on it for sure. Well, I think there's always an affinity for that 96 team. You know, I've got my basketball up there. I'm sure Tony's signature is on that. But uh, that team, in my mind, was the greatest Kentucky basketball team to ever get on the court. So to have some sort of memento, uh, something as practical as a watch, is uh, something I think every Kentucky fan would be itching for at this particular now, the way I understand it, when you get a watch, Tony, can you hold it up? You get cut to the chase. So, so 96, 78, and 48, you're saying, you're saying 96 is better than 78 and 48. You're asking me? Yes. Yeah. But it is. They are. Ralph, yeah. Ralph Beard was named the best guard for the first 50 years in the history of the NBA. Lou Groza was named the best big man for like that era. You hey, we talk about you. some. 
Man, who you talking about rap how, rap beard? Man, I would eat rap beard alive. I, I wish rap beard was trying to guard me. That straight buckets all day long. Okay, Alan, and, and, and I would lock him down. So no, rap, rap beard ain't getting nothing. I, I I can't even let that one slide. Even though, <laughs> hey, I, I like rap beard, good player, but no, no, no. Rap beard would get some buckets on him all first, day long. First team three time All American. He could be first team whatever he want to be. When he step, we step on that court. Hey, your accolades don't mean nothing to me. So when he stepped on that court, I'd be like, "Oh, that's who you are." Throw the ball down because I know, I know, because what I know he couldn't do, he couldn't guard me off the dribble, and I would post him up. So, no, nah, that ain't that ain't gonna happen, Cover. Not gonna happen. No. Nah. It's a good thing I can't get. It's a good thing I can't get you riled. Hey man, you know what? Hey, go find Rap Beer right now. You can go play one on one. Hey, you just made you, you just you, you bought you almost brought me out of retirement, man. Just saying, I'm like, huh, what? It, wait a second, I see the sweat on your forehead. You got so so riled up. Man, I did, I did. You got me going there. You said Ralph Beard. And who, who was the, who was the big man? You said Groza. Groza. Groza, yeah, Groza was good. Yeah, but but Groza have a problem too because uh, he got to guard someone on on the perimeter. So different different eras of basketball. It, it is, and by the way, he couldn't guard in somebody on around the. He go couldn't ahead, guard Alan. somebody 15 feet out. Couldn't do it. Go, hey, can, go can, ahead, can we... Alan. Alan, go ahead and go ahead and throw some, throw out some 2012 versus 96 comparison. Go ahead and let's go ahead and get all the errors. Was, 96. No, hey, 2012 was good though. 2012 would have been a problem. No, I, I don't want to say if Tony went down the lane, AD would have swatted it every time. I don't want to do that to Tony because I like and that color. color. Think about this now. I want you to think about this. How yeah. many times can you recall me getting my shot blocked? Do I have to be honest? Be honest. Like never. So you think AD gonna block my shot? You you think I'm not smart enough to make an adjustment to a guy of his height? Now I might have got. I think Camby might have. He might have got me once, but you 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 would never block me twice as a big man. Oh, wait a second, Camby's one of the greatest shot blockers in the history. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, but you yeah. know, he and, but he, and smart. He, he was kind of like like I said. He's like AD. Both guys were were really intelligent. Um, mm -hmm. you know, shot blocking, and and they they were quick off their feet. They had great timing. But I that 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 2012 team was really the 2015 team was the team I really really enjoyed watching. And when I tell you, for about three weeks, like I was really sick. Mm -hmm. So you were sick that Cal didn't put in Booker and Eulis and take out the Harrison twins. I wouldn't Wisconsin? say that. I, I think going back to the Wisconsin game. They went at Booker. Like if you go back and watch the game, when he came in the game, they went straight at him. So they got him in like quick five. He, he gave up like two or three and ones, but they attacked him now. Now Euless should have should have played more. And the reason why I say that was that their guards, they were six four, they were bigger guards. They were scared to death to bring the ball down according to Euless. Alex Porters would have been the guy for Decker. He was out, right? That would have been the but they still could have switched to put someone else on them. I mean, they could have used someone else. Because hmm. you, you should have played. Um, if, if you guys want to hear some misery, ask what Doc went through putting the book together. Cut to the chase. Yes, I want to, and and you bugging Alan to even get this book written, John. That's what I like to hear about. How many times you had to just keep tugging on his coat to get him to agree to it? All of this good stuff. Yeah, you can't you can't count how many times I, I approached him about it. He he didn't want to do it. I don't know whether it was a matter of modesty or 
or maybe some insecurity on his part, but he said, nobody's going to be interested in reading that. And here I am, I kind of grew up watching Alan. I mean, I'm not that far behind in terms of age, but he was the big guy on this class during the formative years. So I'm thinking if there's a if there's a media person that people want to know about what goes on behind the scenes, all his stories, it has to be Alan Cutler. There's nobody else. I mean, who else is there? There's nobody. So I singled kind of Alan out and I said, Alan, you got to do this. You got to do it for your fans. And it's going to be a wonderful legacy for you. I can't tell you how many times he told me, no, 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 no. <laughs> for some reason, Alan, you can go on into it a little bit more. Why did you finally say yes? I've never gotten the answer to that yet. Why did you finally say yes? Just a gut reaction. Uh, the gut reaction came on all of a sudden? Yeah, it really did. It's so security kicked in. That's what happened. I can tell you what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you may be right, because I wasn't planning on writing this thing with a retired fart out there. <laughs> all of a sudden, he tells me I'm retiring. I go, what? No, you need to stay connected. You know, that's how we're going to sell all these books. Nobody's going to buy them after you retire. No, exactly. <laughs> it was a gut. Well, look at it this way. Hey, Vinny and Tony, Doc had never written a book. Really? And I trusted him. Wow. So we've gotten to know each other really well. Probably better than we both care to admit. That's but trust, man. That's yeah. good. I, I'm funny on trust, and Doc knows that. And the trust I have for this man is off the charts. And so when, when I said, trust my gut, I, I came home and I wrote down four or five things. And the only thing on the other ledger that was negative was he hadn't done a book. Hmm. And I said, so what? Right. So, yeah. you know, you got to be your, do your first sometime. Yeah. True story. Now, he's, on, he, he's honest, has yeah. great judgment, is a really good writer. Mm -hmm. Somebody had to clean up my mess. <laughs> do you guys know how we did the book? We did it like Dick Vitale. Dick Hoops Weiss, I, you know, I don't know if you remember him, Tony, but he's a Hall of Fame writer. Vinny, I'm sure you've read his stuff. He and I are dear friends. And I called him up one day and I said, not how do I succeed? Not that how do I make money? How do I not fail miserably? Because that was my fear. Because I don't know anything about books. He said, big boy, it's got to sound like you. So Doc can finish this because poor Doc, how many times you're at my house seven o'clock in the morning? Yeah, it was countless times. I mean, it got to the point where we didn't even know. At first, we kind of ticked it off. Okay, we're at episode number however many. But then it got to be so many that we just lost count. But every morning, 7 o'clock, that would be the way that we would start off the day. Okay. I ad-libbed the, ad the book. I had notes in front of me that most of the time I didn't use. They were just notes. I just jotted down stories and ad-libbed the book into his phone. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, and if, you, if you're familiar with the way Cutler talks, it makes perfect sense when he's talking to you verbally. But then when you transcribe it and then you read it, it's like word salad. It's kind of like Calipari when he does his press conferences. You kind of understand what he's saying, but when you get the actual written transcript, he's just all over the place. So that was the same way with Alan. So it, that was probably the most challenging part for me was just taking it, assimilating it, and putting it in some way that still sounded like him, but was coherent when people read it. To which he gets he gets 100% of the credit. And, and the thing is, too, 
I've told him some things that can't be in a book because I trust him and I trust he'll keep his mouth shut. Now I'm, I'm being really serious now. Right. And I had to know in my heart that I could really trust him before I'd even consider doing it. Right. And the, and the trust thing was huge with me. Just, it, it always has been, especially, come on, Tony, you're a public person. You get it. You know, it, it's different when you, it doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it worse. I'm not complaining. I've been very lucky. You're a public person. Right. And, it, and it's different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always, it's I have to trust Alan too, in terms of using his judgment, because I can't tell you the number of times he said, Doc, turn off that recorder. <laughs> Next thing you know, he would give out the best story that I thought would ever be in a book, but I couldn't use it because I promised, hey, this is off the record. But you know how, that, you know, the first draft of the book was probably 10 times better in terms of juicy details of what people wanted to know. Right. We went and that's through- what we want, Doc. I mean, Doc, Doc. That's what that's what sells, Doc. The juiciness, you know what I'm saying? The yeah. drama. Yeah, that's well, what I thought. But why do you know. think so many bad shows on TV, Doc? Why do you think all these bad shows on TV? Because it's content that people we want to know the bad stuff. We don't want who want to sit there and watch something good or read something like this is boring. Give me some excitement. Those juicy right. stories, you should have been putting them in the book. Be like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna still put it in the book though. Just, <laughs> <don't know. laughs> well, one, there weren't that many stories like that. Truthfully. And two, Tony, you obviously have read the book. I rip everybody and myself. There's a chapter that says I'm an idiot. I named it. (laughs) Seriously. No, this is an equal opportunity ripper. I I ripped the TV station. I ripped people I work with. I ripped myself. There's 10 chapters about the Patino years, 89 and 97. So that's right there when you were there, TD. Uh, my question, Alan, is though, were at growing up, you know, being a New Yorker, were you always this brash, flamboyant personality, or were you a, like a shy kid growing up that just came out of your shell in high school or in, as an adult, or were you always um, like this? I mean, I wasn't like this when I was five. Um, in my element, yeah, you know, my high school friends who I'm still friends with now, I was crazy. Just, you know, pulling pranks on people, that kind of stuff. Things that will never be in any book. Trust me on that one. Tony. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was crazy. I mean, we had fun. I mean, I, you know, that, that's my whole thing. Like, I'm looking to do something in retirement. I don't want to go back to work. But it's got to be, Stocks heard me say a hundred times, if it's not F-U-N, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, wow. So, I mean, at five, I wasn't bouncing off the walls. But, I mean, my friends will tell you I was nuts. <laughs> now everybody everybody in Kentucky and uh, even outside of Kentucky because it went viral when YouTube was just kind of getting big everybody saw you you know trying to get a quote from Billy Gillespie I'm going to go out on the limb and assume and we all oh, know wow. when you assume I'm just going to assume that you didn't think it was going to be as big a deal as it was you were just doing your job you were just trying to get a quote from a man who just got fired yeah people <laughs> People think this is the, you know, when they think of Alan Cutler, they think you chasing Gillespie. That's the, that's probably the first memory, number one. <laughs> In your opinion, prior to that incident, <laughs> what do you think people's first memory of you was before this Gillespie chase scene happened? Probably me as a character, not a specific thing. 
And Doc, you watch me. What do you think, Tony? Yeah. You it's Groucho Marx. I mean, that's the reason <laughs> that uh, you know you got married to your lovely wife was she thought, hey, you look like Groucho Marx. So I remember when I first saw you on the newscast. That was the first thing that jumped into my mind. This guy looks like Groucho Marx. You're known for your mustache and chasing Gillespie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did I think he was a Gonna be this huge deal? Not in a million years. I was just yeah. doing my job. Mm -hmm. Hey, that was hey, that when was got, hilarious. <laughs> easy for you to say. Hey. When I got back to station, you know, after six o'clock news, you know, a lot of people they scattered, they're done for the day. And then it's just a night crew, which is always smaller. But there were more people in the newsroom because we, you know, all the TV stations do all this live stuff and stuff like that. I walked in the newsroom, everybody standing up and clapping because nobody got anything for Billy. And it's nice, it's a nice rush. Less than three hours, my job's on the line. Wow. Seriously. And I put it all in the book. I put it in the book about the fight I had with the general manager, yelling back at him. It's in the book, Tony. I, I don't mm. – because, look, Tony, you know me, okay? I always wanted you to win. I always wish you the best. Did I ever duck anything? Nope. Nope. You was a realist. Okay. And, and I try to be fair and honest and always right. give you the benefit of that. I think I owed you that. That's just that – was, that was my approach. So I can't do a fluff book. This book is not fluff. If you read it, Tony, it's not fluff. I mean, I, I had this brutal fight with the general manager. It's in there. And I even showed it to him before. We, we, there's a, some legalese and stuff like that. But I showed it to him before, before we put it in there. And I was putting it in there. Doc knows it. Right. We went up and back. And, and for a while, I couldn't do the book. With, you don't want to get into all that. But I mean, no. I mean, I told the truth about what happened. So when you say the juicy stuff, those juicy stories are in there. There's an episode where Alan and, and Rick are, are going at it. I mean, just, you know, standing outside Memorial Coliseum, just, just hurling, what, the F-bombs bombs. together, right? Yeah. yeah, it was a time in which Alan says that if there were cell phone cameras at that time, he wouldn't be here. Rick wouldn't have been here. It was that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's those episodes like that. And Alan's a storyteller, and that's what really sets this book apart, or his stories, the way he's able to couch them. And like he said, he doesn't pull any punches on those. I mean, when he said, don't put this in, we didn't put it in. But if we decided to put it in, we, we put it in. Right, right. Have you guys seen on YouTube the old footage of, of Earl Weaver? The manager of Baltimore, when he used to start screaming at umpires and they'd be this close to their face, you probably see the foot. They're going like that in their faces up. I'm thinking about Billy Martin, though. That's what I'm thinking Same about. Same stuff. Same stuff. Okay. That was me and Patino outside Memorial Coliseum. Really? In our faces screaming at each other. <laughs> Over what, though? Well, okay. So what happened was at the Vandy game and my photographer, Rob Lynch, who did an unbelievable job, and Rob and I have laughed about it to this day, Travis Ford, put the wrong guy at the free throw line twice. Oh, I remember that. Hey, I, I was in that game. I, I had footage of it. So, <laughs> so you remember Vandy, the, the, the loud, they put the media upstairs and you had to walk down. I so think I, it was I like, was it, was it Martinez or Brad? Or Brad so one of them, it was. Uh, Jared Prickett. It was Prickett. And, but it, was, it was Prickett and it was also uh, Martinez. Yes, it was two guys. Yeah. And, and, and Patino made a joke of it. I'll send you the story, okay? You got to see this because Patino goes, oh, it's just. I, I want to say, Denise, Denise, I think Travis got suspended for a game or something happened. Three players got suspended. And yeah, people, was... people were so mad at me. You guys went to Tennessee with eight players 
and a walk-on. Which walk-on had to play a lot? I don't remember. And thank goodness you guys won because people were calling the TV station and they were so mad at me and whatever. It yeah, ruined it my relationship. Chris Harrison. That's it. Well, yeah, but there was a walk-on too. Chris Harrison started, I think, did he? Yeah, yeah Chris, I think lot. Chris started. That, that was my sophomore year, so gosh. The sophomore Yeah, because, man. You know what? It was Jared Prickett because Jared – Jared was like a 60 some percent foul shooter, but I'll never forget. Yo, it's funny. Then you bring it. Oh, when I tell you he was livid, he walked in and he called Travis. He had a, he had a name for him. I was like, You little twerp. I was laughing so hard. He was like, you Called Travis a twerp? You little twerp. That's what he called him. And, uh, like I said, it was, it was it was Martinez, it was Bradshaw, and it was Prickett. You're right. But I don't, I don't know if Jerry got suspended. I, I think it was more about definitely Travis because he was up, he put him up to it, right? And uh, <laughs> but no, Coach was hot. I mean, hot, hot. And we had the story that night, and and I literally woke up the next morning because back then, you know, the locker room was open, so you can go to anywhere. So I had my eye on wherever Jerry Tipton was for the Herald Leader, okay? And I had my eye on where Rob Bromley was. And so you do your interview, and you, you get what you want, and then if you see him coming over, you stop. One time, it was I talking to Brasso, one of the guys I was talking to about it, and one of the guys came over, and I totally changed the subject. I wasn't going to give him the story. Mm. But you also don't know if somebody else has a story. So right. it's a game of cat and mouse you play in the locker room. And I literally woke up waiting for the Sunday paper, figuring it's not going to be in the sports page. It's going to be the headline and. In the newspaper, they didn't have the story at all. Now, Patino swears he didn't know about it on Sunday. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's something wrong with my eye. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I think, like, you know, Coach went back and watched the footage of it. And I think that's when he realized what had happened. Because he didn't, because during the course of the game, I mean, you just, as a coach, a player, you know, you just playing. You ain't really thinking about it. But, but that let you know how smart Travis was. And, and he's coaching right now. So he was already clevered in, thinking ahead of his time outside the box. Do you think that's the point. only time Travis ever did that? <laughs> Come on. Hey, look, I like Travis. Think the world of him. Hey, 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 hey Travis. Hey, hey, I put the deal together for him becoming a scholarship player at Kentucky. That's oh, really? the truth. It's in the book. It's mm. absolutely in the book. I think the world of Travis. Absolutely the world of Travis. So, you know, but it's it's a story. I, you know I'm what? I, I, got, I got so mad at Travis. We were playing pickup basketball. And so Travis, it was like Travis and Mash from the same team. I think I was, I was a freshman in. So every time down the court, Travis would shoot, Mash would shoot. Travis would shoot, Mash would shoot. I'm like, what's going on here? You know, I'm, you know, and. All of a sudden, I just walked off the floor. I'm like, I'm, I'm not playing with you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I wanted to shoot. I didn't come to Kentucky to rebound, play defense. I'm like, I can score too. But during that time, he only trusted Mass and himself. So the following season was totally different because Mass was gone. I'm like, you got to pass the ball to somebody now. Did he pass you the ball more? Of course, absolutely. I led the team in scoring. I know. So, oh, yeah. but it was good, good for you to bring it up. One of the three guys who got suspended shouldn't have. And I'm trying to remember if it was Brasso. It might have been Jeff. I, if anyone. Don't remember. Well, let me, let me tell you a funny story about Jeff, though. So we, you probably remember we, we were number one in the country and we lost to Tennessee uh, in Knoxville. So Jeff, it's like a few seconds left, maybe like 10 to 15, 20 seconds. Jeff comes in. Coach Patino specifically told him to go in and tell everyone to box out. 
Box out, we win the game. We get the rebound. They got to foul us. Jeff comes in and huddles everybody up. But he tell everybody, hey, you got to box out, guys. So long story short, ball bounce off. They get it. They score. They win the game. So watching the film on the airplane, and we just hear Coach Patino say, you F, and, you know, he, he, he loves to use the F bomb. Brad saw them box his man out. So you can imagine how pissed off Coach was. So let me fast forward to the SEC tournament, the last time they had in Rupp Arena. You remember how many points we beat Tennessee by? It was, it was that was a snowstorm. It was 109 to 50 or something like that. I don't remember. 60, 60 points. Okay. He I, never I forgot about it. He was like, listen, I didn't forget about the loss. He said, I want to run them out of our arena. And I can see enough, and, and it was Allen Houston. Might have been Allen Houston's worst game as a collegiate player. Isn't that the best game Andre Riddick ever played? No, Todd Sabota. How about that? Sabota, yes, but Riddick had a start, and he almost had a triple-double. Oh, I'm, yeah, yeah. Dre, 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 Dre was, that was his. That was his best game. It might have been. It might have been, Dre. You know, well, everybody had a good game. We, we scored 100 points, so a lot of people at the same 40. time. <laughs> what was it? 101 to 40. Good. 101 to – oh, my God. <laughs> I, it's the only time I've ever hey. felt bad for Tennessee basketball. No. Growing up on the Kentucky-Tennessee border, I was loving it at school the next day. For the, the Tennessee fans I went to school with, oh, so we beat y'all by 60 yesterday? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was a – that was a bad, like, you know what? I feel bad as a player because I'm, I'm like, we really beat up on my state. Like, and I almost went, I almost went to college here. I, I thought about, I was like, I almost, went, I almost came to school here. So some of those guys were my friends. <laughs> the point guard was my, was my AAU point guard. We were like, we were, we were almost going to go to the same school. We were going to go to Arkansas, Minnesota, or Tennessee. Really? Donovan talked me into coming there. And you know, of course, the rest is his. So Billy sold you, not Patino. Billy did, yeah. It, was, it wasn't so much coach. No, nah, it wasn't coach. Coach came in and closed the deal. But if it wasn't for Billy, I would have gone to Arkansas because I like my I like Mike Anderson, and uh, my mom was a, a huge Nola Richardson fan. Okay, but Billy was the one that got me to go to Kentucky. See, you didn't read the book about how Nola Richardson got fired because of a question I asked in the Kentucky press conference. It's oh, all in the book. Wow! The book. I might get. It. I might have to get the book, man. I'm gonna have to buy the book. It's yeah. in the book. Cut to the tape. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm working my way. And, and I can't take the credit. My photographer saw a, a private look. When you say private conversation, if you're talking on the court, it's not private. Have the private conversation privately. Nolan and Tubby had a conversation, and I don't from my photographer. He was unbelievable. Great punk core. He got footage of Nolan talking to Tubby, and he comes up to me and goes, uh, "Dude." You're not going to believe what Nolan just told Toby. So he's telling me, he said, yeah, it'd be nice to have the footage. And he looked at me like, of course I have the footage. And so wow. I went back, put an earpiece in, looked at it, and I went, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Nolan said this. So I asked the first question in the press conference, not mm -hmm. knowing how Nolan, and Nolan went crazy. They don't, they can fire me if they don't want to, he went off. And the Arkansas guys are looking at me like, like what just happened? He got fired off that soundbite of my question. It's in the book. Oh, he did. So wow. yeah. And as a matter of fact, they initially wanted me to come to Arkansas to testify. I'm going, oh, keep me out of this. I, I asked one question and we have the footage. Dang, you, I didn't know that. Tony, let me tell you something. If you read the boys for days, 
if you read the book, you're going to be shocked all the things you learn about Kentucky and stuff that happened. Juicy stuff. Not, well, there were no juicy Tony Delk stories, I don't think. Let me think here. I actually, I didn't put a juicy story in. <laughs> oh. Hey, I, 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 I didn't have anything juicy going on. I, I, mind my, I minded my business. That's what I did. <laughs> Alan got stories for everybody, every sport. Football. I won't ask a certain question because somebody could see it. It's not wow. bad, though. but there, there is a story. See, see? <laughs> Tony's getting quiet on me. Uh-huh. Hey, Doc, yeah. you know, did I tell you the story? I'm sure you. I'm sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I don't want anybody watching this thinking something really bad about that. that's absolutely unequivocally beyond the shadow of doubt not true. So it's kind of a funny story, actually. So I didn't put it in out of respect to you, Tony. There you go. You Kurt. Thank you, Caller. By the way, you know I am telling the truth, right? Your your, your brain is trying to think what is Cutler talking about. Caller, hey, hey man, something happened twenty years ago. I don't even remember. No, you remember this. <laughs> By the way, and, and everybody is clean. Tony didn't do anything, you know, so you have to understand. There's, there's nothing illegal, wrong, nothing salacious. And Tony, you, you are in the book. I mean, obviously, anybody who played that significant role in the championship has to. Oh, have really? It. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, man. You yeah, know, I, I, I want my, I need my ten percent. So you know, so <laughs> you didn't, you didn't call to get my consent. So <laughs> you're, you're, you're right about that. So you're not asking how I remember you. I'm surprised you didn't ask me that. That's in the book. I don't know, man. You know, like I say, I, I think you know me well. Like I, I mind my business. If there was questions yeah. to be asked. Yeah, no, you were. Co- I I never had a problem with you. I don't know if nah. you had Mm-mm. a problem with me, but you're no. not asking me how I remember you. It's a it's a lovely story. It's in the book. Oh, is it? What, uh, what color? Can you can you explain? Can you tell me? Now that you asked me the question, I'll answer it. <laughs> they were playing a little team called Syracuse. Uh huh. And you're falling out of bounds, making another three. Oh, that was a flop, man, to be honest. You know that. I, I, I sold it well, though. You sold it really well. <laughs> no, but you know why you got away with it? Why is that? Because you were hotter than a you-know-what. Yes. <laughs> it, now, if you had you been 0 for 5 and you did that, it that probably wouldn't have called anything. But you know what? But I, but I you know with the concentration to make the shot – and you know when you get that far, you know what? But you, you remember I was cramping against the uh, against you, man. They didn't think I was gonna play. No, that no, I knew you cramped. I knew you had problems. No, I, I did. Uh, I had like uh, I did like I think I had like two IV bags because I, I was. Uh, you had IV. I, I was worried that they were gonna put so many bananas in your stomach with her. No, wow. <laughs> hey, that, that, now that would have been bad. But I really didn't because my. Normally, when my legs cramp like my quad, when my uh, quad muscle cramp like that, it takes about two days for them to calm down. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Is that because you have like no body fat? It was so no body fat, and then here's here's another. Here's what else. I didn't drink a lot, so I wouldn't drink when I came out of timeout. So Joanne Hauser kept telling me, "Like you got to keep drinking." So I didn't start drinking until I got the cramp, and, and then it's too late. It was too late. It was too late by then. So, uh, and plus, like I said, just the magnitude of that game, you know, just the, the build up and playing them and, you know, it was a lot of adrenaline, but, you know, I had exerted a lot of energy. So they really was like, 
we don't know if he's going to play tomorrow. And so my teammates are like, listen, I don't know what we got to do to him, but we need him to play tomorrow. So we got to figure this out. I can't imagine you not playing. I can't, I, you know, I just can't yeah, imagine. I, I mean, yeah, it, it, it would have, you know, just to play and, and not have any cramps the next day was, was remarkable. I mean, it was, it was, it was the man up above did something. He did, he did a blessing for me. He did me a huge favor because I didn't, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel anything the next day. I got to get this in too, man. TD, you big Titans fan from the state of Tennessee. Surprise, surprise. Did we sign him one today? Former uh, UK linebacker Bud Dupree leaves the Steelers to join your Titans. So, you know. Okay. I'm, I'm, uh, that's what's up then. All right. So, so we got we got somewhat better then. Yeah, a lot better. Pretty good move for you. And, really? and Bud's, Bud's a, is as good of a dude as he's a player. Okay. Everybody likes Bud. You don't like Bud, you got a problem. He's a great teammate. Everybody likes Bud. He's a he's a lunch pail kind of guy. I saw footage of him. The doctor, did you see the footage of him the other day? You know, his knee surgery is not that far away, and he's pushing the sled with I don't know how much weight is on. Oh, he had knee surgery. Yeah. He he heard it. And, and, and guess what? They still paid him. Had knee oh, surgery, he did? and it's Bud Dupree. Okay. Uh, Dupree. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at now. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with him, so I'm gonna look him up. He was there when Stoops first got there. He was one of the bright spots on the defense, and then he got hurt what week nine or ten last year, somewhere in the middle of last season. Something like that. He, got he, had, he had like eight sacks or something. Doc, yeah. you remember what week he got hurt about midway through the season? I can't remember. Yeah, I'm, I'm tending to think there was a little bit after the midway point, but yeah. I could be wrong. But. And I, I felt terrible because it was a contract year for him and he gets hurt, but he still he still just cashed in with the Titans. So he probably would have gotten a lot more if he didn't got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But, but you know what? Was it 16 million plus multiple years? Something mm -hmm. like that. When I first saw the story, they didn't have the full dollar amount. That's probably out by now. But I mean, he got paid, but I think he would have gotten more had he not ripped his knee. The fact that he got as much as he got is, is respect to him. Yeah. I got to ask you, John, Doc, you know, growing up in Lexington, Goose and the 78 team had the documentary that came out on the SEC Network, when or else. You were right there watching that 78 team play. So what was your thoughts seeing the footage from, you know, that title run? For it, was, that team? it was a flood of memories, Benny. I mean, that, that was part of my formative years. I mean, I was along the same class as, as those guys. You know, I graduated from, from UK in 76. Uh, I started UK in 76, 77. So, you know, they won that championship in my sophomore year. And to just see a lot of that replayed, I mean, at that time, there was really no TV, no um, ESPN at that point. So to see that footage, it really, really brought a lot of memories back, back to me. I thought it was extremely well done, extremely well done. I think they focused, they made it a storyline by kind of focusing on the four seniors and they kind of turned that into the, the main focus of the, of the story. But, you know, that was the first championship in my lifetime. And the first is always special. You know, he hadn't won one in 20 years. And when that team broke through, kind of the floodgates were open. I think that team was one in which a lot of the old timers like me, that was what cemented the love affair with the University of Kentucky. That was where the passion came out. 
at 78. Yeah. They weren't the best. I think 96 was better than they were, but first championship is always, always special. <laughs> have you, have you and Go we had Goose on here a few episodes back too, for, for y'all listeners, if you missed the Jack Gibbons episode, back to anywhere you get your podcast and, and listen to the episode we have with Goose. Have you and Goose went at it, TV, about if 78 played against? No, no, never, man, never, never. I, I know what I have too much respect for Goose, so that that would that would never happen. You know, any anytime you can win a championship, whether it's you know 78, 60, 70, 80, I mean, it, it takes a lot of work, it takes a, a team to get that done and accomplish that. So, you, I would never discredit any team that won a championship, um, you know, and 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 it's the time, different era. Like, like even what if Gonzaga was a pull off, what I'm thinking they're gonna pull off. You know, we we can't look at it and say, well, it's it's because of the pandemic that they that they in a they had to go they had to go beat some teams. But you got to win six games against. You know, when you get to about elite eight, the quality changes. The the the, the, the teams are better, so your preparation has to be top notch, and you have to stay healthy. So. I would love to see them run the table. I was hoping that 2015 team of Cal would have done it, um, but I want to see somebody do it in, in my lifetime. I've never seen it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Color probably had. <laughs> Color might have seen a, a few undefeated teams. Yeah, was <laughs> it? Them, you see late teams and won it. In 19, 1922, didn't I watch an undefeated team? <laughs> Hey, Carl, you know what? Hey, hey, it's good to have you on, man. Because I, I, I have somebody older than me on here now, so you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm not the, I'm not the OG. You are the OGG. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the original. <laughs> I'm just glad to be around, Tom. I mean, come on. Oh, Carl, you, hey, man, hey, you got, you got another 20 years left in you, man. Don't worry about it. I hope it. so. Yes. Hope so, and then some. Right. No, I, I'm not trying to go past that now. Like, I get to there's a certain number, man. It's, it's time to go. I, I don't. I don't want to be a burden to anyone. You got to go at some point in time. Well, that's true. Yeah, but you you work out still? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I get. I ran three miles uh, Sunday right before the championship game. Wait a second. You can still run after all the yes. ball you played with your knees. You yes. can still run. Two, Doc uh, runs. Two knee surgeries. Yeah, I got up and ran three miles. Um, and I felt good. I can't run. You know what? I bought. I bought a. Actually, I bought a Peloton too, so I have a Peloton treadmill in the basement. Do you like it? Love it. Love it. It's a, you know what? I, I've always wanted to buy, get me a treadmill. And I was looking at a Woodway, but a Woodway is, was probably like 15 pounds. I'm crazy. Ridiculous. I'm like, I'm not paying that much. I'm going to run out. But I found that the Peloton was probably about, I think, 4,500. But it's perfect for the house. So that's what I work out on. I'm, I'm good. And you watch TV and you work out. Yeah, you know what? You you can take classes. There there are classes that you can take, and so you know that's what makes it entertaining. You know, to have a treadmill and just not be looking straight ahead like there's actually somebody working on running with. You. So it sells. I walk. I've turned into a walker. <laughs> Listen, man. As long as you as long as you get some form of cardio in, I'm not mad at you. Most of my most of my walk, walks are five miles. Oh, well, you good then? Yeah. And, and I I do yoga. Mm. I lift light weights, what I call wimpy weights, and mm. I walk. I do all three things. Color, hey, you got 20 more years in your body, man. You don't even know it. I hope so. <laughs> and that's all. I, what about your diet? 
I mean, that's he, want to, he, he doesn't want to hear my diet. Yeah, I eat a lot of kale, organic. <laughs> Ooh, is that what you asked me? Ooh, kale. Ooh. I make kale chips. Wow. Oh no. Nah. <laughs> well, hey, color. Well, yeah. I'm not trying to. Uh, it's organic. No, no kale chips. Man. Kale, Brussels sprouts, a lot of broccoli, a lot of garlic, mm. a lot of hey. seeds. You do. You, hey, you're doing it right by the body. You're doing it right health wise, but Cilantro. I haven't gotten there yet. I still yeah. like my pizzas and hamburgers and cookies and and uh, cupcakes and. and <laughs> I still like all the bad stuff, man. Come on, man. You only you, like you only live once. Right. Okay, I don't know if you can come back and do this again. I need right. to enjoy eating while I'm still here. Yeah, but you know, think of all the now Doc will testify, all the millions of cookies I ate at UK and the potato chips and the bad food and stuff like that. So oh, I, you, I really, live, you live in the media concession. You live in the media room. You was always eating something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if it was free color, ate it. There you yeah, go. That, you remember how big those cookies were? <laughs> I, there were many games I did 10 plus. Man. <laughs> I'm serious. The, oh, man. Doc, did you put that in the book? His diet? <laughs> what he was eating in the book? <laughs> hey, Doc, that, that might have been a whole nother book. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And, and that doesn't even include the uh, the spread that the Bengals put out. You know, halftime, those uh, gold star chili dogs. Oh. How many of those did you put away? <laughs> No, I, no, you, no, you, I, I, the, I, you can't do the chili dogs because the broadcast booth isn't that big. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nice of you to be nice to everybody like that. Well, you got to understand, you know, uh, Dave Lappin does a great job in the color, but he's still 300 pounds. Mm. Okay. Wow. So if I ate chili dogs, I'd have gotten a look. So. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I might not be the smartest guy in the world, but I wasn't going to eat chili dogs in the same booth with, with lap. That's right. Where can everybody <laughs> get cut to the chase? Where can everybody get the book at? Amazon. Um, cut to the chase. Amazon. Uh, it was lo- it, it's, it was locally Kentucky branded. They're about out of books. Uh, Joseph Beth ran out of books. I haven't reordered. So we just tell everybody to go to Amazon. That's a good problem to have. People run out of books. That's it is. A good problem to have now. That's it. And so we got Cutler. Follow him on Twitter at Cutler18. John, you are at KY Huang's. Also, the editor in chief of justthecats.com. Uh, yeah, we appreciate you calling in on that. You're getting to be a real regular now, Betty. Trying People to be. For you. They're calling for you. And I'll, I'll write a little something every now and then. I'm, I'm not cranking them out like you, but I, I, I put my little two cents in. Well, you know, put some articles up there. So appreciate y'all letting me do that. And um, it's been fun, just like we knew it would be. Uh, glad that you kept bugging Alan to get this book done because we got so many stories, so many errors, so many UK stories in here. You know, 10 chapters on Coach Patino, 89 to 97, 10 chapters alone, TD. So it's I might get that book, man. How many? How many pages? How many pages are we dealing with? <laughs> it's a brick, Tony. I, I usually stop after about two hundred, man. Two hundred, four sixty. Good lord, man! That's that's like you know what? That's like a Malcolm X book, man. I, I read the Malcolm Malcolm X autobiography, and once I got started, I could. I was like, I have to finish this book. It was about six hundred pages. Yeah, this could have been six hundred. This could have been six hundred, but I think Doc would have. 
Kibosh. That's when I've been here. Yeah. Huh? I said, Doc, don't know if Doc could have been, man, Doc would have been, his, his brain would have been fried. All the, all the, <laughs> you, you should see what Doc looked like before he started the book. Much <laughs> Yeah, that the book project. I mean, we joke a, a lot about it, but it really was a labor of love, and, okay. and it's something that probably the thing that's meant the most to me was that at the very end, Alex said he really loved it. He appreciated, it. and that probably meant more to me than anything. But let me brag a little bit. I mean, when this thing first came out, it debuted as a number one new release in basketball biographies on Kindle. And then we also cracked the Amazon top 10 in terms of all sports biographies. That are top wow. 10. So, you know, it just goes to show you the passion of Big Blue Nation, that people were still interested in, and not just Cutler, but obviously everything associated with you, the 96 So all of that helps sell this book. You kind of oh, yeah. joke that you deserve a cut. You actually do deserve a cut. You know, everyone associated with the University of Kentucky. I'll, I'll take my cut, man. Well, I'm going to tell you something. This is why you won't read the book. Tony, you're in the book. But Ralph Beard has his own chapter. Oh, that's oh, cold. But, oh, 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 but 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 you have to see why. I, I got I to gotta figure I might go, I might look up Ralph Beard and see what it's. Be, because, no, I mean, serious. You know, this, you know, the gambling issue and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you know, I, I didn't know about that. The truth okay. behind Ralph Beard, chapter 19. The truth behind Ralph Beard. Ralph Beard was kicked out of basketball because of the gambling scandal. Really? And as, as far as I know, I know I was the first, and I think I was the only one he allowed in his house to go in his basement and shoot the, the all the all the stuff that he had about his career, the trial, and all that kind of stuff. It's oh, it, you it's, know what? It, 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 Ralph Tony, was... I bet I bet you knew and you forgot. It, it's hey, one listen, of the, he, he, but the thing about this, you know, so I'm, I'm 6'1", he's 5'10", yeah. 170 pounds, 175 pounds. I was 200. I don't think he was, I don't think he was ever 170 pounds. But I had a nice career, though. Looking at NBA All-Star, three-time, first-team All-American. Uh, yeah. It had been on and popping, man. Tail of the tape. Now, the, the truth is that I shouldn't say this. Uh, different eras. His quickness would have surprised you, but he would not have been able to stay with you. Not that's just not giving an honest opinion. Yeah. He's, he's quicker than you think he was. Oh yeah, he probably. I, I would. I wouldn't. If you're five ten, you're under six feet. You better be quick. You better have. Light, he was lightning quick. Seriously, and he and he could shoot the two hander, but he couldn't shoot like you. Oh. But I mean, uh, I can't. I would. The way you were, you would have found a way to physically just handle it. That's what I would have done. I think the physical part of it, which you know what, it's, it's funny. Before we get off this, get off this call, like that—that that was something that my brothers work will be on, like almost all the time, and to the point where I was like, "Man, why, why y'all so physical? Why y'all let me just be?" He was like, "No, this is gonna get you ready for the next level of basketball." And you, when you like 14, 15, you're not thinking about that. You know, you just want to play, have fun, and not get hurt but my mom would always get mad at them you know because she kept saying they're going to hurt you they're going to hurt you i'm like i'm not worried about them hurting them they're my brother they're not going to hurt me but they're going to make me better so she finally was like i'm tired of it just do what you want to do and you know what and we know how it turned out so 
they had a plan for me that I didn't know they had for me. But if I had been one of those kids that been like, I don't like to be touched, they hit me, then I would have made it. I agree. I, I can't tell you how many times that I've done stories with guys who were the baby. And mm -hmm. I, I don't see this baby being the youngest. And their older brothers beat him up. And they never would have made it if their older brothers didn't beat them up and that they wanted to hang out with the older brothers and sometimes they didn't want them around. And yep. they had to be tougher to survive. I yep. don't mean survive in a nasty way. I'm talking about the way you said brotherly love, yep. push you around and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It just gives you a toughness. It's one of the most underrated stories in sports. And I've wondered if there have been some families where the oldest brothers said to themselves and maybe not even shared it. You know, if somebody pushed me around like that, I might have been able to make it. Wow. Wow. True. I think we can end on that, man. We can end on that note, B. It's on you. Appreciate y'all hopping on. Alan Cutler, John Wong, Dr. John Wong. Cut to the chase. A great collaboration. BBN, get your copies. Go to La Terrain and get your watch. 25th anniversary championship edition. Get your compass. Get your Voyager. Get all that. Download this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, believe.com, straight to the website. Subscribe, it'll come straight to your phone. You don't even have to look for it. We appreciate it, fellas. It's been a ton of fun, Alan, man. And look, I'm I'm one of the many that you know watched you on TV as a kid, like everybody else. So, you know, your career is in this book, and, and everybody can enjoy it. And and I will get it. I'm gonna yeah. buy it. See, there you go. There hey, Tony, you go. when you when you get it, don't start with page one. Literally, turn the. And this is all. This is Doc's credit, 100% Doc. So we're taping the. We're taping this, and and he's going. Well, we got to name this chapter something. So he would come up. I, you must have come up with about 98% of them, or, or if not more. And so he would come up with just a goofy name, and then when it came time to put it together, he says, "You know, I'm going to put it in sections. Let me do it." So he did it, whatever. And he goes, "Well, we got to rename these chapters." I'm going, "No, no, you're a genius. You don't know what you're doing. If you look at the table cut, you have never seen in a book in your life." Like the day Dan Marino wanted to kill me. I mean, take a look at some of the chapter names and stuff like that. Okay. It's all it so when you look at the chapter names, it really has you takes possession of it because it's so different. Then look at Cal's introduction, because remember, we go back to Pittsburgh together. And then Doc's preface, Cal nails me. Doc nails me. And then my introduction about my childhood, and it's all short. It, when you do that, it sets up the book perfectly. It's only a few, all the whole thing is only a few pages, but it okay. really sets the book up. And got some it. chapters are just a couple pages. I thought that was kind of neat. You got a few long chapters. Some chapters are just a couple pages. So it's cool how y'all put it all together. And I'm looking forward to working my way through it. I got to read a couple chapters and I'll, I'll start working my way through it too. So uh, appreciate y'all. Right. Can't thank you enough. Thank you guys. Appreciate Bravo. it. Alan Cutler, TV. This is Vinny Hardy with another episode. Thank you. In Kentucky. Appreciate y'all hopping on. Y'all catch us again next week. Later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.